Welcome to Fadeaways and Fundamentals. I am your host, Andre Pirano. Today's guest is the head coach of the Northern Arizona Suns in the NBA G League, Cody Topper. Today we talk the 2018 NBA playoffs and he gives advice to young ballers. Let's dive right in. All right, Cody Topper, Fadeaways and Fundamentals. Welcome to the show, my man. Hey, good to be here again. Always excited to join you guys. All right on. Coach, so now you are coaching um, in the G League, and you are coaching for the Northern Arizona Suns. How was that? It was great. We had a great season. We had a great group of guys. We led the NBA uh, G League in, in call-ups. Five of our guys got called up to the NBA, so that was great to see, and you know, we had a great uh, offense, and and, uh, and and we got to get a little bit better on the defensive end. That'll equate to a few more victories for us. But overall, it was a highly successful season. Great. Now, is it uh, how did it turn out um, going from the D League to the G League? Anything new or basically everything the same? Yeah, everything came over the same. There wasn't a change uh, in terms of, you know, structure organizationally across the league. Uh, you know, Gatorade put uh, put a lot of money into what we were doing, um, and because of that, we called it the G League. It's actually the Gatorade League, right? Not the not the OG League that some people think it is. You know, they're like that G. What's that G stand for, right there, right? And um, yeah, so Gatorade put a lot of money in, and uh, you know, that actually helps the players. They they Gatorade comes in and tests the the players' sweat and stuff like that, and. Um, you know, it helps them understand what they need to do to be at their best in terms of hydration, peak hydration, things like that. So it was pretty interesting to see what they were doing. Um, but it was uh, overall, I thought it was a successful season, uh, you know, league wide. And, and the league only continues to improve and the level of competition, the players and the amount of players that are being successful, you know, having successful careers in the NBA that are coming from the league is uh, just continuing to rise as well. Man, that's great to hear. Now, do you think that. Um this LeVar Ball League is going to hurt the G League with how much money they're trying to pump into it and and the money that uh, players can make because they're only allowed to play there for like three years, but they're like going to get like a, a nice whip and like make like, I think like the highest paid players are going to be like $100,000. You think that's going to affect you yeah. guys? Yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, I, I mean, I don't, I don't think, uh, you know, I don't even know if the league will make it to – to a season. I mean, I know they're having tryouts this weekend at some random community colleges. I'm not not exactly sure what the what the point of the league is. Is it is it to you know bring in you know guys who are you know quote unquote kind of just, you know guys off the street who aren't you know on on anybody's radar and and pay them to you know to to play. I, I don't I don't really know because I don't think you're going to get the uh, the guys from like my team for you know say. Uh, you know, a lot of my guys were in NBA training camps. You know, right. they're close to making the NBA. I mean, right. and, and the reason why you go to the G League is every single one of our games is scouted. Um, right. You know, all the teams are single affiliates. They're owned by their NBA franchises. You know, I'm you know I'm a Phoenix Suns employee. We're the Northern Arizona Suns. They're the Phoenix Suns. They're the Austin Spurs. The San Antonio Spurs. Right. So you always have. You know, people from that organization evaluating you, and everywhere you go, you have people's, you know, people from the other organization evaluating it. Then, you know, I mean, I, I have hard pressed to remember a game where we didn't have two to three NBA scouts sitting sideline, uh, you know, evaluating and watching our guys. Right. Uh, and that's because of the level. I mean, I've coached six McDonald's All Americans in the G League. 
those are guys who probably thought they were going to go to the NBA and you know, here they are in the G League, but, you know, these are guys who, who are successful, and I've seen guys go on, uh, you know, that, that I've worked with personally that played in the G League, like Tyler Johnson or Robert Covington, you know, and those guys, you know, signed 50 and $60 million deals. So um, I guess it's it'll be interesting to see, no doubt, but, um, you know, the G League's just come so far. I don't really see this being a threat. Nice. Well, let's, let's talk these NBA playoffs, you know. So emergency yeah, yeah, podcast, so. we got to do it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's say um, right off the bat, let's just go with uh, San Antonio and um, Golden State. Um, how, how do you feel about that? Yeah, so the way I see it, you know, um, San Antonio obviously no Kawhi Leonard. One thing Pop did this whole year, I mean, I don't think they've got anybody on the roster who's playing over 28 minutes a game, so... When you think about that, one, they're going to be fresh. Two, they've got a lot of guys with experience. Now, you know they didn't, they didn't, uh, you know they, they didn't surge uh, when they wanted to. Uh, you know, for a considerable amount of the season, they were they were up there, you know, in the top three, and, and they kind of dropped. But you know, Pop's going to have them ready. Um, again, he's been managing those minutes, so they're going to be fresh, and you know they're going to be a very well prepared team in terms of strategy. Now, you look on the other side, you know, Golden State is not rolling into the playoffs. I know. Um, you know, the last, you know, uh, they played our sons, our sons, we played them, um, you know, last week, and and they beat us. But, uh, you know, it was an eight-point ball game with three minutes to go. And, uh, you know, we were playing, I think I had, you know, four guys that played at least 20 games for me in the G League were on the floor, right? So, um, you know, now you look at Golden State, obviously they've got some injuries and things of that nature, but uh, they've still got a lot of talent. I think ultimately they'll pull it out, but I think that, uh, I think San Antonio is going to win more games than, than people than people think um, and, and make it really difficult on Golden State. Well, I think if, 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 uh, if, um, LaMarcus uh, shoots well. They they're gonna play well. I don't see them playing really good when when they have him and um, Powell in the game together. The the two twin towers. Um, I just yeah. think it slows them up a little more. Um, but yeah, I, I you know I, I know Pop is by far one of the greatest coaches of all times. So um, I'm sh- I'm sure he's gonna have his boys um, mentally ready uh, to go out there and win. Um, as of Golden State. You know, I, I really enjoy watching them, but I enjoy them more when Steph is in control. I don't know I how you I think we all do, and I think Steve Kerr does as well. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's kind of like last year. You know, last year, um, you know, Kawhi goes down. Zaza steps on his foot. He rolls his ankle. Um, and, and it just ended up being a, a disappointing series. And I just see that with this one on this matchup right now. But I got Golden State winning. Who do you got? Yeah, I think Golden State will win, but I think it'll go six games. Oh, okay. All right. I got five, but all right. Now, what, yeah, who, the way, and, and I think I think part of the reason, too, like when I look at it, um, again, like Kevin Durant is shouldering the burden of primary ball handler, essentially. Him and Quinn Cook work together, but, you know, Quinn Cook uh, is, a, is a tremendous player. He's outstanding. I've coached against him a bunch of different occasions. Um, but I think it's going to be difficult for him in the playoffs, um, you know, to, you know, being the main guy right now that steps out. Clay's going to shoulder a lot of the scoring load, and, and uh, you know, David West is, is, is aging, and I think Sean Livingston uh, coming off the bench, and, and, and you know, Iguodala, those guys, they can provide a punch, no doubt. 
But, uh, you know, I just think that, that Golden State's not where they want to be right now in terms of their feel, their flow. So we'll see what happens, though. Should yeah. be fun to watch. <laughs> okay, now what about um, what are you doing with um, Miami and Philadelphia? Yeah, that's, that's going to be another really good series, right? Two great, yeah. uh, you know, really solid teams. When you look at Spolstra, I mean, what he's been able to do with his team, I think it's the first time uh, in Miami Heat history they have five guys who've made over 100 three-point shots. They've opened up the floor, a lot of spacing, driving, cutting, kicking, a really beautiful way to watch the game and to play the game. And uh, I've got an affinity for my guy Tyler Johnson, who I've had, you know, have a great and relationship with. So I'm definitely rooting for him. However... You know, you got Philly. They're riding serious, uh, some serious momentum with the long win streak they just had. Hit 14, 15 games. 15 games and, straight, uh, yeah. Yeah, 15 games. So you know they're coming. They're 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 ready to rock. They're doing what you want to do. You want to uh, surge going into the playoffs, right? You want to have a great rhythm going into the playoffs. So you know, for them, I think it's going to be really hard for Miami to to defend uh, Philadelphia. Not only. Um, just from, a, from just a strictly personnel standpoint, for them, from a scheme standpoint, the way they use Joel Embiid inside, outside, and then, you know, the passing ability with uh, Ben Simmons. Markel Fultz coming back has obviously been helpful for them as well. Uh, I've been shocked at how well he's been playing, considering all this stuff went down with his shoulder. But, uh, you know, J.J. Reddick's space on the floor. Uh, Robert Covington, another good friend of mine, out there really locking down on defense. So it's going to be uh, an entertaining series. You know, I, I think uh, ultimately... This is probably like a five-game series, um, but uh, you know, hopefully, it's 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 really entertaining in all five games. Right, I I, I got it. I got it going six. Um, but I think the key factor is Embiid. If he stays healthy, then yes, they move on. But you never know with that guy, right? You never know. No, yeah. I mean, hey, if anything, if anything crazy happens, um, you know, injury-wise and that type of stuff. I mean, for sure, like Embiid's kind of the cornerstone of the Philly offense. What they're doing. Um, and, you know, Philly, uh, you know, Miami uh, beat Philly on a last-second shot. Dwayne Wade hit. Miami lost to Philly on a last-second shot. Dwayne Wade had a chance to win the game. Again, all those games have been close between those two teams. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Right. And then in the season, they I think they split. I think they um, each yeah. one. Yeah, they split two and two. So, okay. All right. So you got Philly to win just like me. But you got it going in seven games, you said? No, no, no. Five. I think I think it'll probably be five games. Okay. Um, just seeing how Philly's – rolling but injury wise i mean i could see it i could see it actually getting to six okay yeah i gotta go in six okay now who do you got with indiana and cleveland i mean of, of course i'm going with braun braun um he's just a he's just a beast um yeah it's hard to uh it's hard to go against them i mean tyler tyrone Lewis says that, that uh, he guarantees that they're gonna have their defense you know really in lockdown mode coming into the playoffs and you know if there's anybody or any organization you know, recently outside of Golden State, who knows that the playoffs is an, an entirely new season. You start over from scratch, you wipe the slate clean. Uh, I think it's them. And, you know, you can expect LeBron to really put on his hard hat and come to work every day in the playoffs. You know, he's doing his zero, zero dark 30, no social media. It's kind of, you know, he's, he's he really gets locked into this time of the year. And uh, I have no doubts in my mind that Cleveland's going to gonna get this one done. And I will say that the job that Nate McNeil has done over in Indiana has been nothing short of outstanding. I mean, I think they won probably 20 games more than most people had them pegged to win. Right. So kudos to them. That's really good. I mean, I think that they might be able to squeeze out one win in this in this series. I, I got to go in five, Cleveland taking it. Wow. Wow, that's amazing. Because, you know, I'm not a big fan of Cleveland's defense. They're very suspect. 
Um, and you know, Teron Lou did say he was gonna play ten. He's gonna rotate out of ten players, which is kind of a lot. But yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens. You know, Oladipo, um, he's he's come a long way. Come a long way. So. Right. O- o- Oladipo has done has done great. Miles Turner's a guy who I actually used to train when he was a high school uh, high school player. He's awesome. Great guy. Great kid. Hard worker. Uh, you know, so I have a lot of respect for for those guys, and you know, I think it's pretty cool, uh, you know, to see what what he what he's done. But uh, again, I think it's just going to be Cleveland's just going to be too much. Yeah, I don't think they have an answer for uh, for LeBron, but I mean, they do play tough defense. Indiana does; they they play gritty defense. They're they're definitely in your chest and in your face. But uh, yeah, that's going to be interesting. I do have Cleveland winning in five. Yeah. Okay, uh, so moving. Same. All right, so uh, moving on. We got Houston. Um, we got them playing uh, Minnesota. Um, you know, I I got I got Houston winning, of course. Um, you know, you got James Harden shooting forty four point nine percent over for the year. You got CP three shooting forty six for this year. Um, I just don't think uh, Towns and Wiggins and uh, Butler have enough to get over that hump. But uh, what do you feel? How, how do you see this going? Oh, I think it's going to be a straight butt whipping from start to finish. I think Houston's <laughs> going to win this in four. I, I got them in four. I think they'll sweep it out. They're just too much. Um, you know, the style of play that Minnesota plays, I, you know, I think Carl Anthony Towns is third highest usage on their team. I think he's clear, clearly head and shoulders above as their best player. I'd work more through him. I'd open up more floor spacing. They do a lot, way too much ISO, uh, mid-range ISO for me. You know, Wiggins, yes. Jimmy Butler in the mid post. So, you know, it's going to be it's going to be near nearly impossible for them uh, with the style of play that, that Houston plays, opening the floor, uh, making fifteen point three pointers, fifteen point three three pointers per game. That's an NBA record. Um, so, you know, it's going to be really hard for them to match up. I just don't see it. Yeah, I don't either. I think it's going to be a butt whooping also. So, um, the one that I'm most excited for, we're going to talk about right now, is the OKC. Utah Jazz. You got a four and five seed playing each other. How do you feel on this one? Well, you know, I got a good look at both of these teams. Um, uh, when I was with the Houston Rockets before I left uh, to take the Suns' job, uh, you know, I, uh, we, we played against OKC in the in the preseason, and, and I had some major concerns about them and their style of play uh, because, again, I think you've got three guys who are used to being the main guy, high usage, high volume shooters. Uh, they kind of figured it out a little bit early on. Their shot selection was suspect. Again, a lot of isolation basketball, a lot of isolation mid-range basketball. They got better at avoiding those non paying two shots and, and opening the floor for penetration. And, and uh, Paul George and, and Carmelo have shown themselves willing to be guys who play off the catch, you know, i.e. catch and shoot, catch and pass, or catch and drive, not catch and hold. Anytime you can catch and hold, now, you know, defense reloads over to the ball, so it makes it more difficult. Um and Utah, I mean, you know, that's another uh, the job Quinn Snyder did there. I mean, you know, they they surged uh, after the you know December and just and just really rode it all the way through All Star break into the playoffs and, and you know to to see what they've done. It's been pretty incredible considering they lost you know Gordon Haywood, et cetera, et cetera. You know, and nobody really saw, thought they'd be there. Uh, it was Rudy Gobert back. He's going to be protecting the rim. He does a really great job. You got, can't discount Donovan Mitchell the outstanding work that he's done. And you've got glue guys like Royce O'Neal and Joe Ingles 
who are just coming in and you know, bring their hard hat to work every day and they and they get after it. So this is going to be a, a series. I, I can see this one going seven. I'm going to call seven. And I'm going to say at the end of the day, the Utah Jazz end up getting it done um, because I think that the ISO heavy basketball is just going to be really hard. Uh, you know, for Oklahoma City to 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 essentially defeat Utah with with three guys. Yeah, I I feel the same way. I'm I'm really rooting for Utah this year coming out of the West. That's like my uh, my team since of the five seed. Really rooting for those guys, especially Donovan Mitchell. Um, but I do like the fact that um, I've been watching a lot of OKC. You know that that guy, man, Adams, man, he's got his game coming up, man. He's been playing tough. He's got that nice little floater. Um, you know, he's really good on the glass. Um, I think if if he can play um, good and if Melo could kind of swing the ball a little bit more, not play, like you said, more ISO, and if Russ can swing the ball as well, you know, I, I don't – I just don't see OKC getting getting uh, their butts whooped. But I'm going to tell you, man, I got I got to go for Utah also. Um, I got Utah in, in seven. Yep, so I think that's a pretty, pretty good call. Should be a lot of fun to watch that series. Yeah. Now, what do you got? Okay, now, <laughs> Toronto and Washington. Um, I like both these teams. I think Washington's a, a very exciting team to watch with um, Beal and Wall. I'm a huge Beal fan. But, man, yeah. they just kind of get scatterbrained. Yeah, you know, um, that's going to be an interesting series. Uh for sure. I mean, I, I think oh, I think Toronto's going to get it. I think it's going to be a five or six game series. Um, and, and part of that, you know, Jody Meeks went down with the, the suspension for the performance enhancing drugs. I know right. he's fighting that. He's fighting that, but it's going to be tough. Um, you know, Wall still trying to get back into to, to rhythm. Beal, outstanding special player for sure. Um, I, I just think it's going to be, be be pretty hard for them to beat a Toronto team that reinvented themselves offensively and that has a bunch of guys who buy into their roles. Um, you know, you, you obviously know you got got Lowry, you got DeRozan, but then, you know, when you look at their bench almost exclusively last year, they were in the G League, which means at this time of the year they were playing against my G, my G League team in the, in the G League finals. Uh, Fred Van Vliet, Pascal Siakam, Jacob Podol, uh, DeLone Wright. Um, you know, you've got just a, a slew of these guys, uh, you know, who've come through the G League, even, even Norman Powell. And so, to me, you know, the fact that these, these guys embrace their roles, the fact that uh, Dwayne Casey and Nick Nurse were able to reinvent the Toronto Raptors' offense, uh, even though they had had success the previous season, they figured out what what was kind of hindering them. And, and, and to see how their offense has surged, it's been outstanding. Nick Nurse is probably going to be up for some NBA head coaching uh, opportunities this summer. But, uh, you know, I think the Raptors are going to close this one out in five or six. Yeah, I'm the same way. Um, I really think it's a great matchup, like I said. I think... Washington's really fun to watch. I just like you said, you 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 killed it with. It's just the bench play. Toronto's got way better bench, and um, you know Washington. You know you got you got of course you got Bradley Beal shooting fifty percent. Um, Wall is you know like you say slowly but surely coming back. Um, and Morris has just got to step up, man. Yeah, no doubt about that. You know, He's kind of, he, he he goes in and out. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I definitely got uh, Toronto. I got Toronto in five. Yeah, I think that's 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 a pretty solid one for sure. Okay, so we got uh, Portland and um, uh, New Orleans. And uh, Portland's got a, a great squad, but New Orleans, I mean, they got one of the best players of all time. They got Anthony Davis. If he plays like a LeBron, 
you know, they could, they can end up winning the series. What do you think? You know, um, I'll say this. It's been very impressive to see how Portland has re- reinvented themselves offensively since, uh, since uh, uh, you know, uh, Boogie Cousins went down. Very right. impressive to see that without without question. I thought they were having a lot more difficulty. They brought in uh, Nikola Mirotic. Uh, and Miritich has been doing a really good job stretching the floor, opening things up. Uh, uh, Drew Holiday is an outstanding, outstanding player, very difficult to defend. Rondo knows his role, right. slides in really well, um, you know, and, and, and they've got some some good role players. Darius Miller is kind of their X factor. Their shooter on the perimeter does a really good job. So they've definitely got a chance to make this a really good series. I can see this going six or seven games. I still think Portland's going to win. Right. I think you've got CJ McCollum, the Dame factor, uh, you know, really hard to play at the Moda Center up there in Portland, one of the best uh, home court advantages that there is. Um, but, you know, the Pelicans are going to be rocking, and um, Chris Finch, they brought him in to revamp their offense uh, this summer as offensive coordinator, another guy who could be up for a lot of NBA head coaching opportunities, and uh, he's a really, really special coach. And what he's done offensively with those guys has really helped turn them around. So uh, it'll be interesting to see, but, again, I think Portland's going to get it in six or seven. Uh, I think you're right, but, you know, if uh, New Orleans plays, if, if uh, Anthony Davis plays like a beast, which I think he will, and they are a top five um, defensive team in the league, I believe. Um, they have a shot. They have a shot. Um, so I, I, I think it can go seven. Would yeah, you... yeah, I think it, I think it goes seven too. I mean, Anthony Davis can can win games almost by himself. So it'll be interesting to see. He's the X factor without question. And then when it's game time, you know, that's going to be interesting to see what happens as well. Right. Okay. So the last matchup um, we got is uh, we got Boston in Milwaukee. And um, I don't know, man. I mean, Boston, I was rooting for them to probably win the championship this year, and that's not the case anymore. Um, that got them out. I mean, I think they can win this series against uh, Milwaukee just because of the way Milwaukee plays when they try to trap. It's uh, kind of awful. Um, what do you got? Yeah, honestly, I, I don't think Milwaukee's going to win this. I think I don't think Boston's going to do, obviously, what some of us maybe hoped and expected them to do, you know, with Kyrie out. Uh, Terry Rozier is really coming into his own, though. He's proven that he can pick up the slack. No Marcus Smart, same thing. Right. You know, again, other guys are picking it up. You've got young guys, rookie second-year players, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, who really, really come into their own. Right. Uh, the Morris twin they've got over there in Boston is a killer at times. He can come and he can really get on hot stretches. And Al Horford is kind of the glue guy that's keeping it all together. So, right. you know, for me, you know, I think when it comes down to this series, I think Boston is going to get it done. And I think a lot of it is due to the style of play of the Milwaukee Bucks. And, you know, again, they, they, they don't spread the floor. They don't open the floor. Chris Middleton takes some very difficult shots onto Takumpo because of their poor spacing a lot of times. Uh, you know, driving lanes sometimes aren't there for him. Um, you know, and, and, and with their talent, I'd love to see them open the floor up a little bit more five out, a little bit more spread pick and roll. Uh, you know, I think Malcolm Brogdon is a great player. I think personnel-wise they've got good pieces. Uh, you know, but obviously we know they're a high-volume uh, trap team in the pick and roll. Because of that, they give up a lot of easy baskets. It's kind right. of hit or miss. They're going to force turnovers. They're going to give up easy baskets. And then on the offensive side of the ball, they're going to fight hard for, for some difficult shots. And I just think that Boston's offense is, uh, even with their, you know, their, their, their quote-unquote backups, you know, stepping to starting positions and roles, I still think uh, that they're going to get this one done. Yeah, I think so too. And, and uh, hats off to Brad Stevens. I mean, gosh, such a great coach. I mean, to lose that many players um, – for, for injuries and, and still be playing the way that they do. They're, they're always finding an answer. Um, 
But I, I do have them um, winning in the first round. I, I just don't see it after that. Yeah, I think it's gonna. I think it's gonna get the road. Obviously, continues to get get more and more difficult, and I think that's the case. Yeah. So um, now that we're done talking playoffs, um, and and uh, who do you have? Who's your like number one matchup you want to see in this whole playoff um, run? What's like one matchup you're like glued on? Oh, yeah, I want to see the Rockets play the Warriors. Um, you know, and and. Hopefully Steph comes back and we get to we get we get to see you know how that comes together. They've played the last couple of years. Warriors have already obviously won those matchups. I think the Rockets are a different team this year. Um, you know, and I think that would just be really good basketball to watch. Okay, yeah, I, I, I can see that. I like that. Now, um, who do you have winning the whole thing? Who do you think? Uh, I, I personally, I, I think the, I think it's I think it's the Rockets here. Um, not just because I was in the organization, but, you know, obviously I have some inside information, understanding about how the organization works and what they do there. And um, I definitely believe in the mission that they're fighting and the way they're playing and the roster moves that were made and, you know, spending a significant amount of time with Chris Paul this year. Um, I, I just have such an unbelievable amount of respect for his professionalism. And then, you know, hopefully Luka Mbamute comes back, one of the most professional guys I've been around, P.J. Tucker, um, you know, just, just comes to work every single day. They've got their their lineup of death. I really want to see that on the floor against uh, Golden State, where they're playing PJ Tucker even at the five position and switching everything defensively. Really hard to attack offensively, and with all the shooting on the floor, uh, you know it's just it's just unbelievable. You got those two playmakers and Chris Paul and James Harden, and you spread the floor with a lot of shooting, and you've got you know Clint Capella diving hard to the rim, nearly impossible to guard. So I mean, personally, I think Houston's just going to get it done this year. They had the best record in the NBA. Um, you know, I think James Harden is the MVP. You know, they're making an NBA, like I said, NBA record 15.3 made three-pointers per game. Uh, their offensive efficiency rating is, I think, 113. So they have one of the most elite offenses in the history of the game. And their defense has improved so much thanks to Jeff Bizdelic and a lot of the switching stuff they're doing. I just think they're going to be too much in a seven-game series for anybody. Oh, there you go. I mean, I, I understand. I mean, I, I think they're a great team. Um a lot of people have been rooting for uh, Houston or saying Houston's going to win it this year. Um, I'm still going to go with Golden State just because I'm out here in the West Coast in California. I want to I keep that uh, you, you, you might as well. You might as well, but you better be praying for that Steph Curry return. I think we all are. I want to see, see Steph come back because I want to see that Rockets-Golden State matchup with Steph for sure. Yeah, that's um, going to be awesome. You know, I don't – you know, how – how how unfortunate uh, you know is that injury, but you know still the playoffs, man. It's going to be great. It's a great time of the year. Uh, you know I'm going to go get my lift in and then park myself right in front of the TV here. I uh, you know I'm I'm only going to get up from the TV to change diapers and feed babies. That's what I got going on. <laughs> yeah. So uh, what's hopefully the... that'll be during timeouts. <laughs> right. What's the one player that stands out to you going into these playoffs and why? Like one player. So, I mean, I've spent a lot of time around James Harden, and uh, I've told people, uh, to be honest with you, I played, we mean James were on the same team, his second year out of college when you're still playing in OKC. We played in the Phoenix Summer Pro League together, we were on the same team, and he was actually the point guard for our team. Um, you know, I was the shooting guard, I was just staying on the, out, on the perimeter. Man, he set me up for so many three-point shots. Like, right then, like, I knew... I thought to myself, this guy would be great as a point guard, you know, even though he's playing shooting guard at that particular time. And even early in his Houston career, he played shooting guard. I was like, this guy, this guy can just really pass the ball and, and he commands the game. And, 
you know, then obviously got to be around him in a coaching role the last couple of years and observe what he does and work with him and, you know, see his professionalism. Um, I mean, I think he's the best player in the world. I don't think it's close. Uh, he's a great shooter. I believe he's second uh, all time and made three pointers in the first eight seasons of a career. And he's only behind Steph Curry and he's ahead of Ray Allen. So people don't realize that James Hart's a great catch and shoot three pointer, okay. uh, catch and shoot uh, three point shooter. Uh, and he is. And, uh, you know, obviously his ball handling ability is ridiculous. And what just always amazes me is his passing ability with both hands. He can pass with the left, with the right. He can, he can bounce it anywhere he wants. He can hook it anywhere he wants. He does all these passes off the bounce with one hand. It's pretty incredible to see. Uh, to me, he's the best player in the world. It's not even close. Um, impossible to guard one-on-one. But then the minute you slide over help defense, he's not just a willing passer, but he sees things develop. He's a chess ball player. It's like a combination of basketball and chess. He's playing right. chess out there. He sees how the pieces move around, and he identifies the weakness and exploits it every time. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I think he's a, he's, he's, a, he's really unstoppable. Okay. Now, if, if you were a student of the game – and see now that you've played, not only coached him, James Harden, but played alongside of him. What can a student of the game now um, take from this great player? Like, what, what, can, what can they take from him to, to motivate themselves to become great? I would say, honestly, it's professionalism because James is James Harden every day. To be James Harden for 82 games, people don't realize how hard that is. It's hard to, it's hard to play 50 games in a season, you know, with the wear and tear in your body. And to be James Harden for 82 games and to come in every day to the office, um, you know, with his routine, to me, that's a separator. Separator for, for someone like James, right? There are probably guys out there with similar talent to James. Nobody's going to say he's the fastest. Nobody's going to say he's the strongest. Nobody's going to say he jumps the highest, right? But what James does is he comes to work every single day. So, you know, you, you, you know it's one of those things where, you know, some guys, hey, like the, the social aspect of, of life gets them and they want to hang out and they'll stay out late and whatever the case may be. And I'm not saying that James doesn't do that, but what I'm saying is a lot of guys the next day, you know, 8 a.m. comes, right, and the coaches are in there and it's like, hey, what, you know, who's 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 gonna, who's the first guy in there, right? Well, James is, is, uh, is usually the first guy in there, right? He gets on the treadmill because he knows he has to control his weight, right? He's watching what he's eating. Uh, you know, he gets his uh, his pre-practice routines in. He stays after and makes sure he does his post uh, his post-practice routine. Um, you know, he, he's he's a professional in the true sense of the word. And you know, all these really truly great players, right? We all see uh, on Instagram they're having fun. You know, you know they're making all these appearances and doing right. all this type of stuff and. Yeah, like that's great and all that stuff, cool. But end of the day, your job is to come in and be the best basketball player you can be. And some guys, right, who have similar talent fall into, hey, you know, I'm going to go hang out. I'm going to stay out late. I'm going to do whatever. And then the next day, 8 o'clock comes, and James Harden's in there on the treadmill. And you might have been hanging out with James Harden, but you're not in there. You know uh, what I mean? Yeah. And, then, and then when you come in, you're not even as good as, as, as whatever your best is. And James Harden... He's James Harden every day, and I have a lot of respect for that. Wow. Okay, okay. Now, as a head coach, um, what do you expect from a player? Um, and what do you, what can you tell someone to to stay on track um, for their own goals? Like, if they set a goal, how, how can they stay on track? Yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, it's all um, it's all about consistency, and it's – really 
you know, you get your routine down and you've got your routine and you've got your, your development plan and whatever that is, right, you have to be disciplined in your ability to execute it daily. And that's not how you're performing in the games. To me, it's everything else you're doing, right? Luka Mbamute goes to bed at 10.30 every night, okay? He plays for the Rockets. He dislocated his shoulder dunking the ball the other night. He goes to bed at 10.30 every night. He comes back in, though, right? So he'll come to practice. He'll do a, a shooting routine after practice, a workout after practice, take care of himself. I mean, he's diligent with his foam rolling, with his stretching, with his ice bath, all that stuff, steam right. room, all that stuff. And then uh, he'll come back in the evening, every evening, and he'll shoot. Usually come back, you know, 6, 30, 7 p.m. And he's got a shooting routine he's going to do every evening. It's like brushing his teeth. It's literally like brushing his teeth. And then, you know, he only drinks water that's uh, room temperature because his body digests it better. So he doesn't even drink cold water. So this is how disciplined this guy is with his routine, right? And then he goes to bed at 10.30 p.m. Like, he knows who he is, right? He's not one of the guys who's going to be doing staying out late. No, he knows who he is, and he knows what what makes himself, uh, what gives him the opportunity to compete at the highest levels. So for young players out there, I'm not saying that that's what your routine is, but you got to figure out what it is. And it's got to be an everyday thing. Like I said, it's got to be like brushing your teeth, right? Whether right. it's your form shooting before practice, whether it's staying after practice, doing your ball handling, right? If you do it consistently and you do it over time and you stay with it and you do it and it becomes like brushing your teeth, that's when you see improvements, right? But if you don't, if you do it every now and again, if you only do it after you have a bad game, if you only do it when you're feeling great, uh, you know, if you don't have the, the, the wherewithal to do it on the days that you don't feel like doing it, then, you know, what I tell our guys is, you know, you watch guys playing in game seven, you know, of the NBA finals, and you think, oh, man, like, that'd be awesome to get there. Like, oh, man, I'd be so hyped to play in game seven. But you don't realize that in order to get there, right, you don't just you don't just fall backwards to that position. Right. right? And, it's, and it's consistency and consistency with your work ethic that gets you there. And in addition to that, you got to make the big time where you're, where you're at, right? If you're a high school player right now, you want to be in game seven in the NBA finals one day, then you got to treat every game you play like it's game seven in the NBA finals. Ooh. Because if you don't, you'll never be in game seven. Right. Ooh, man. That was that was heat, man. I like that. <laughs> I'm going to make Elijah listen to that. <laughs> Usually I'm a shooter. Usually I'm, I'm spotting up waiting for somebody else to drop a dime. I just had to come at you real quick, you know? <laughs> I'm loving that, man. That was great. Well, hey, Cody, thank you so much, man, for being on the show. Um, you know, af- after that dropping knowledge, uh, I, I say uh, we're good on that. Now. I'll drop the mic.